0: We hear you now.
1: You're listening to Adopt Perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption. This is an introduction to what we have in store for you in season one and what the podcast is all about. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Sparrow, and shortly I'll be joined by my co host, Jane Slieger. The focus of this podcast is to discuss the adoption experience from the perspective of mothers, fathers, adopted people, and their loved ones. We'll be sharing personal stories and exploring many adoption related topics, including adoption loss, psychological impacts of adoption, forced adoption, intercountry adoption, searching, reunion, healing, and many issues in between. We'll share the stories of people who are affected by adoption, as well as interview practitioners and people who have been involved in inquiries, research, legislative change, and apologies. And we also hope to include interviews with artists, filmmakers, and authors. This podcast is a production of Jigsaw Queensland Post Adoption Support Service. However, the views expressed are those of the people participating and not necessarily Jigsaw Queensland. Jigsaw Queensland is a not-for-profit organisation that has been operating for more than four decades to provide information, support, connection and advocacy for anyone affected by adoption. These values will be reflected in the direction of our future podcast episodes. When we first decided to create a podcast, we'd planned to record a bunch of episodes before releasing the first one. But then this happened
2: emergency. Use the word pandemic would trigger panic. A world in lockdown. You will see 60% of the population get infected.
1: As Jigsaw's ability to provide some of their usual face-to-face support services have been impacted by state and federal recommendations, we brought forward our release date to help fill some of that gap and we'll be recording as we go. So bear with us, we're newbies at podcasting. The early rollout has meant some adaptation to remote recordings and technologies. However if adoption teaches us anything it is how to be resilient and adapt in the face of changes that are outside of our control. I'm joined now by my co-host Jane Sleeker and you'll notice we have had to record this remotely, hence the change in sound quality.
0: Hi Jane, how's social distance treating you? Hi Jo, um, oh, well it has been a bit of a roller coaster I will admit. Um, I, think, I think we're settling a bit more into a normal, a new normal at the moment but a weird um, normal. at first, a very weird normal. It's oh, it's bizarre but you know at first there was lots of logistical things you had to set up working from home and um, lots of personal things you know cancelling shows and flights and things like that yeah i was supposed
3: to be in sydney over easter and i had to oh cancel so it.
0: was i oh oh so and now we just gotta wait to see when we're allowed to do those things again that's it that's it yeah jane um i thought we'd just briefly
3: introduce ourselves and explain mm-hmm. a bit of our interest and background in adoption um so i
0: might let you go first yeah sure Well, I will try to keep this concise because it's quite a story. Um, I was adopted in 1987 um, and that occurred for a range of reasons that, you know, might come out more as the podcast goes on. Um, I grew up as an only child after that with my adoptive parents. When I was maybe about 13, my aunt, which was my adoptive mum's sister, she made a comment one day that I think when you grow up you might be a counsellor or a mediator or something like that because I seem to often get involved when there was conflict in the family and I'd mm-hmm. sort of often be pointing out um, what maybe what people's underlying feelings and needs might be and trying to help resolve things. So that kind of stuck in my mind after that um, the rest of high school and sure enough at the end of high school I uh, started studying psychology straight away mm-hmm. and it wasn't long into that study that when I started learning about, you know, different psychological theories that I realised adoption had had a pretty big impact on my development and um, and I suppose once I finished the three-year psychology degree, I decided that if I was going to do honours, which is a fourth year, I would really only do that if I could do my thesis on adoption. So it took a bit of effort to find a supervisor that was willing to let me do that, but I found someone. She was amazing. And I went on to do a thesis which looked at um, adoption and attachment style, so looking at how being adopted can affect adopted people's relationships later in life. And, um, and, you know, whilst all this was going on, whilst I was studying psychology, that was when I also searched for and found my birth family. Um, so I found out that my mother and my father had got married three years after I was born and that I had a brother and a sister, which I was pretty happy about because, you know, growing up as an only child, it was pretty good news for me to find that I had a brother and a sister. So after all of that was completed, I finished my thesis. I got first class honours and I published that in the Australian Journal of Adoption. Um, I sort of had some time out deciding what I wanted to do, but I got a job um, as a counsellor in a more general area. And I did that for about five years whilst simultaneously uh, completing a master's in social work. So, and that qualified me now, I'm a social worker. Um, And it was during that period that I got involved with Jigsaw Queensland and at that point I was doing volunteer work, um, co-facilitating support groups and then for a while there I was involved in the management committee of Jigsaw. Um, And then um, I decided, yeah, you know, I definitely wanted to continue working in that area. So I got a job as a counsellor with another service that was funded at that time and Then a little bit further down the track, Jigsaw was actually successful in gaining some federal funding for the forced adoption support service. So at that point, I moved across and my current role is as a post-adoption practitioner for the forced adoption support service with Jigsaw. And in that role, we provide emotional support, information um, and referral if people need sort of more intensive ongoing counselling. And the information we provide is often around searching, is around, you know, people's rights and what the legislation is. And we also, you know, do some very practical assistance in help, helping people actually locate their family members, outreach to those family members, and then support them in building those relationships. Um, so that's me, Jo.
3: I can see the progression.
0: Um, yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now we're doing a podcast.
3: We are doing a podcast. the latest
0: thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and and a good thing for during COVID-19.
0: Exactly. Very um,
3: true. So I'm like you. I'm also um, an adoptee. And uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a good bit older than you. I was adopted yeah. in 1971. Mm-hmm. And I met my mother when I was 19. So back in 1991 mm-hmm. when the legislation yeah. changed in Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also met my brother at that age, but it took me a good 20 years before I was um, willing to meet my father. So it was another 20 years. Mm -hmm. So um, my qualifications and background are in journalism and public relations, but Mm -hmm. I also have a doctorate of creative arts in creative writing, and I studied adoption for my doctoral thesis, um, particularly in the area of constructing identity after adoption using story. Mm. So um, yeah. so that's probably where my big interest in the podcast comes in as well because people will be telling us their stories and I think that helps them understand who they are and what they're feeling.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, um, Jane, we've decided not to just stick to one perspective in the adoption experience. We've decided to um, look at multiple perspectives in using personal stories and some information-style mm-hmm. episodes Why do you think it was important that we expanded
0: that direction to include all of them? I guess for me um, there are still a lot of myths about adoption in broader society. So a lot of people that are impacted by adoption feel that the general public and even their, you know, immediate family and friends don't have a good understanding of adoption and what that experience is like. So this is something... Uh, in my work that I often hear in phone calls with people and people feeling invalidated which sometimes also actually prevents them from getting in touch with their true feelings about their adoption experience um, that some people wait till a lot later in life to um, look at some of those feelings or even to search and reunite so as a result, I suppose, of some of those misunderstandings, that can be frustrating and it can lead to anger. So I think it's important to try to tackle this um, and sort of let people tell their stories, have a voice in a, you know, in a constructive way and then talk about some topics and some ideas that you know, might be helpful to those people but also might help the general public to learn a bit more about this topic
3: yeah for sure yeah sure. and we chose to bring the um the podcast forward quite significantly because we would planned to have a whole pile of the podcast recording Mm -hmm. in the bag so that we could learn this is our first time doing a podcast and we'd hope to learn a lot and and have some in the bag before we released any and and maybe get a little good at it but instead we're going to be learning on the run and it's really because of COVID 19. um yeah can you tell us why you think it was important
0: that we bring it forward and, and start now Yeah, I suppose that um, this is just such a bizarre experience that we're going through and a lot of people in general are feeling very disconnected and socially disconnected, um, isolated. And I think for people affected by adoption, there are particular triggers if you really think about it. Um, You know, with adoption, the government has gotten involved and put some rules in place around who and when we can have relationships with with relatives. And so to be in the situation now where, you know, for good reason we have to keep separate, but ultimately we're hearing news on TV where the government's saying this is what you can do and this is what you can't do. And that has been very triggering for people. Mm. So I think to try to do something positive to keep the conversation going and to keep connected is a really valuable opportunity.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um So we're going to be bringing people some personal stories um, from people who've been affected by adoption. And in our first episode, we'll be talking to Heather, who is a mother who lost a daughter to adoption. Um, Here's a little preview of her episode.
2: came back and there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't think about her. I also remember when I got home from the hospital, I rang them up the day after I got home. And I, I, pardon me, I'm talking about the um, department, the social woman that I had dealt with, the social worker there. And I said to her, I want my baby. I really want my baby. And... She said to me, she said, but she's already with her new family. How do you think they are going to feel if we go and take her away from them?
3: Now, Heather had so many great things to say. Jane, in my experience, I found that telling a story can be cathartic, whether you're talking, writing, or doing it through some other art form. Um, what do you think? What's your
0: thoughts on that? Oh, I completely agree with you, Joe. I yeah, I think for me personally, from a young age, I did a lot of journaling and that was something I did to cope really when I didn't feel able to talk about my true feelings with anybody. Um, or what my needs were around my identity and finding out where I'd come from. Um, And I think the fact that I did that really enabled me once, you know, I reached the age where legally I could look for my family. I did that because I knew through writing and through expressing myself that that's what I needed to do. So I guess it has a multitude of benefits, but I think on a psychological level, expressing you know your identity and your experience in any of those forms can just be hugely
3: beneficial it kind of counteracts that silence that shrouded the closed adoption era so exactly. people
0: finding a voice can be such a yeah. big thing absolutely and, and sharing that with others and then um i guess people learn from that as well yeah absolutely yeah Um, So one of the triggers that we've talked
3: about that might pop up for people when they're listening to this podcast is the language that we use to refer to mothers, fathers, adoptive parents and adopted people. Um, Now, we discussed that we felt it was important that we didn't impose terms on the people that we're interviewing uh, when we're talking to them and they're telling us their stories because they should feel comfortable and the terms they use can be indicative of where they're at in their adoption journey. Mm-hmm. And I know I personally have used an, uh, a multitude of language when I've been referring to my mother or birth mother, um, and that's changed depending on who I'm talking to or, or where I've been at in my journey. So we'll be yeah. using some specific terminology, um, but our guests can use terms that they're comfortable with. So can you tell us a little Definitely. bit about the terms
0: we'll be using and why? I can and I'll just preface it by saying this is such a complex, I think it's actually one of the most complex things that we deal with in adoption because um, we've got the dilemma where we don't want to alienate anybody or upset anybody through the language we use. Um, Some mothers, you know, feel very upset when they hear the term birth mother because it's like a qualifying word that, Um, that they feel they're being told, well, you're not the child's real mother, when, you know, the truth is they are a mother. Um, So that's where it's good just to use the terms mother and father. So I think that's what we will try to do in this podcast is use mother and father to represent the biological parents of an adopted person uh, but then, of course, that can create confusion when people, when we're talking about topics or when people are telling their stories that might have two sets of parents. So personally, um, I would probably use the term mum and dad to refer to my adoptive parents and mother and father to refer to biological parents. However, um, that's, that's on a personal note because, you know, when you grow up with adoption, you have to differentiate in some ways Um, But, you know, I think when we're talking in a professional sense and we're we're talking with other people, um, that's where we'll use mother and father Um, and just, yeah, try to be clear without um, being disrespectful to anybody. Um, But, yeah, as we say, sometimes those words biological will come up and, and that's just in an attempt for clarity, I suppose.
3: Yeah,
0: yep. thank yeah. you. That's a great explanation.
3: I'm hoping it confusing as I was saying it. It'll be one of those things we learn as we go. Exactly. But um, I know we're both excited by this project and about hearing everybody's stories and, and sharing them as well. Um, but we we'll probably need to wrap up the preview at this point so that we can get yeah. along with uh, recording all the other episodes.
0: So Exactly.
3: We might say goodbye to you for now, Jane, and um, say remember to stay inside and stay safe.
0: Yes, I will try. Just go for little walks every now and then to get out of the house. (laughs) That's good. Lots of distance in the walks. Exactly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay.
1: Well, we hope you enjoyed this preview into a Doc Perspective podcast. If you'd like to find out more, go to the podcast page on www.jigsawqueensland.com and you'll find a wealth of information and resources on the website. If you reside in Queensland, you can reach Jigsaw Queensland's Forced Adoption Support Service on toll-free 800 or you can call Jigsaw on 7 If you live in another state of Australia, you can still call the Forced Adoption Support Service number, 1800 210313, and your call will be answered by the Forced Adoption Support Service in the state that you are calling from. In every other state besides Queensland, Relationships Australia operates this service. A big thank you to Matt Sparrow for composing and recording our original theme music. Until next time, I'm Jo Sparrow saying farewell from Adopt Perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption.